Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Robert? I am feeling a bit older, um, anxious. Oh. Because. You're getting older? Yeah. I'm turning 40, Russell, yes. in a few days' time, <laughs> and we can't have a party. So this is the party. This is the party. Our talk Art is party, always a party. Yeah. So today on Talk Art, we are drinking rosé champagne yeah. from our friends at Ruinar. Thank yeah. you. And that is that is my birthday party this year, so I'm really happy for that. Good. Do you want to hear us just hear you drinking the champagne? The funny thing is, every time we had... Um, uh, we recorded with Jade Fadajatumi the yeah. other day, yeah. and at that dinner um, afterwards... Yeah. Every time I sipped on the champagne, she was like, you should be in a champagne advert. Because literally every time I sip on it, I'm like, oh my God, it's good. Oh yeah. my God, everyone, <laughs> stop what you're doing. It's so good. Because you don't have it that often and you're really good on champagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good though. It's so where are we? So, so we're in Margate, basically. We're, in Margate. we're here in Margate. We're doing and a talk up. We today are meeting my new neighbour who has just moved to Margate mm. and is an artist that I've been following for a number of years. And um, I also discovered her work quite early on because of a collaboration that she did with Paloma Proudfoot. Yeah. And ah. I was really into Paloma's work yes. and then discovered our guest well, Why work. didn't you have her on? <laughs> 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 we tried. We tried to get her, but she wasn't available. So. She's very busy. Um, yeah. And then discovered this guest work yes. and fell crazy in love. So um, then I found out she's my neighbour. So yeah. it's all just like meant to be. I love the way that Margate is bringing so many people together. Yes. Um, I mean, you just saying about Proudfoot. I'm trying to. I've learned a word. Proud portmanteau. Dick. Oh. Portmanteau, which is when you mix two words together mm-hmm. and they collaborate and become something Proud new. Dick. Proud. Yeah, like, a, like proud dick. Like yes. <laughs> dick. Yeah. Which is a combination. But it's of port, am I saying it right? Portmanteau. Yes, but I think she wrote that word. <laughs> no, oh, I don't right. know. It's a good word. Like she's that. really, she's really good at those sorts of words, but um, that nobody else knows. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's got her vocabulary is amazing, and her watching me struggle over words is, I think, her favorite pastime. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, proud dick is a combination of proud foot and our guest today. So we would like to welcome to Talk Art. Lindsay Mendick. I can't even say hello. It was too exciting. <laughs> it's like watching like the podcast like happening for real. Aww. I'm really burning up a bit excited. So you've, time you've, been, you've listened to quite a few of them. No, not really, actually. I'm oh, sorry. okay. <laughs> I have, and I feel like probably after Elton John, I'm a bit of a crap guest. But you know, as if. 
Oh, thank as you. I was if looking for that. Impossible. <laughs> Elton impossible. would love you. He would actually love you because he, lo- he loves ceramics. Oh. He loves ceramics. Maybe I should just send him one, you know. Yeah. Just an I love you, Elton, with a massive cock on it. Yes. <laughs> he would absolutely love he that. He would love that. So you've just moved to Margate from London? We have. We did. We, um, yeah, it was. When you say we, this is you and your partner. My partner, Guy Oliver. Yes, who's in, the, who's in the room as well. Hi, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating as well. Yeah, we, um, we spent lockdown in London and we were both in Guy's shared house and living on top of each other. And we wanted to move to Margate before this. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been quite a while in the making. Like We, we both can't afford London and uh-huh. I don't know how artists can afford London. Yeah. Um, I was like calculating it in my head and the amount of money we have to actually accrue to be able to yeah, pay crazy. for rent. Yeah. yeah. So we were On living a in a studio and a house. And everything, yeah, yeah. Well, we were living in Guy's room, which was like um, run by a church. So really cheap. Right. And then we also had this weird lockup where we just started doing all the work and then kind of moved in together. But um, I got in by default. I came to visit you in this lockup. I met you the other day because you had a leaving London sale. <laughs> Yeah, um, we were actually given the idea by Hannah Lees across the road. She said, like, we had so much sort of bits and pieces and we just kind of thought, okay, well, instead of chucking stuff away, I like getting rid of things. I I kind of like, at the thought of moving to Margate, I wanted to to not take all my crap with me. It's a fresh start. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think because Guy's such a hoarder and has so much, yeah. Are you? Of what? Of what? <laughs> a hoarder of what, though? Um, old Sunday Times culture sections. No. I don't know if we're going to hear him. You might have to put the mic S- on. Sunday Times culture sections, you're saying? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it was one of those things of being in his room and looking at all of the stuff around and just being like, if I'm going to force him to do it, then I should get rid of stuff as well. But it was brilliant. And doing that sale got me in a, uh, like a cobra lamp. Which I'm just really obsessed by. What's the cobra? Oh, it's and it's <laughs> like, I was sort of like an actual snake-shaped yes. lamp. And this is something you've been wanting for a while. I, I'm very obsessed by novelty lamps. Oh, yeah. How many novelty lamps do you have? I, I've had like a really big display of them. Um, but then I have this sort of... When I left Sheffield, because I, was with Sheff- I was, had a partner in Sheffield for about six or seven years. Yeah. And then... It just felt very peculiar to take all the stuff we'd once shared somewhere else. Yeah. So then there was get another, that. like, getting rid of everything. I mm-hmm. had, like, a Leaning Tower of Pisa lamp. I had a faux fire that went in a grate. I've got a goose lamp. Yeah. I mean, I'm really bragging here. <laughs> <laughs> Did the Leaning Tower of Pisa have all, like, the little windows yes, lit up? Yes, yes. It was, I won it. And when I said I won it in a raffle when I was at Sheffield Hallam, it's more like I cheated and got it, but it was uh, the best thing I've ever had. Beautiful. <laughs> also, we, we got the train the other day and we both happened to be on the same platform. It was like total serendipity. And um, you were talking about uh, octopus candelabra. Yeah. And I couldn't get my head around it. And apparently Guy had broken it. And <laughs> Lindsay's response was... Buy me a new one. Exactly, immediately. I was like, that needs to be back. It was like, like buy me a new one now. Yeah. And then they've now replaced it, and it's the most amazing object. It's really cool. It's like this octopus that each of the tentacles holds a candle, and it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it visually oh, no. I mean, it's it really cool. I've seen, I've seen one that holds shot glasses, which we had to get my boyfriend's mum That would Christmas. be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, anything that's octopus-related, bar the film... 
So you're not into that. It's a that for me. I've literally renamed my dog my octopus teacher. I mean, but I mean, it is about people who are quite weird about animals. No, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. But then I think, I mean, that's one of the things I love the most. Like I was trying to compare it to the film Showgirls. Like, right. like such intense passion, you know, yeah. for something. And it just goes into that sort of like hamminess, like with the yeah, staring yeah. out the window and that sort of like so sincere that it gets naff. And like, <laughs> I feel like for me, that's just my practice. Like, it's so sincere. Like, I genuinely love all the things that I do. Like, I was just thinking like, like guys' penis. But I mean, like, it's like there's such a sincerity that it goes to a point of being quite creepy. And right. You know, like this sort of thing. So that's that. That is how you define your work: is that it's sincere, <laughs> but it can go creepy. I think that's what happens when you love too much, though, doesn't it? Like yeah. it, it's like one of those things of love and obsession. And I think I make in quite a sort of cathartic um, fashion. Like with um, COVID, I've sort of learnt that. I will make no matter what, like I need it. And like, yeah. as soon as I've moved to Margate, I don't have a studio, but I go mad if I'm not making. So, so you, every day you're making? Wow, that makes me sound like I'm really studious. No, I have hangover days right. where I watch TV all day yeah. and just eat. Yeah, but like, thinking that's, that's about things, day. because popular culture, no, if you're no, watching... No, babe. no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching you oh, okay, on the right. telly. <laughs> I'm just like, what's Russell doing? And I'm like, oh my God, this drama he's in is so amazing. Like, I spend full days watching you on telly, so this is why it's so big for me. Like, the TV days are not... Are they are hangover TV days are my days just to, like, bloody leave it all behind and just... Yeah, but popular culture does play into your work, so it, it must yeah. filter in somehow. I mean, a, a, the amount of TV I absorb, probably it does. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but the idea of those, well, those sorts of TV days are like a really nice break from the thing of constantly needing to work. So I have obsessive thought disorder and like I try and be really open about it because the more open I am about it, it just makes it easier to be around people yeah. and it's it makes everything so much easier when you're open about those sorts of things yeah. um and i feel like i can't shut up about it like so when i'm sort of in a room with people i feel like i've got to tell them all these terrible things i've ever thought and then it's okay and then like i can breathe again or right 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 yeah so, so it's all to unburden yourself with the stuff yeah, and then it just, it just gets right up in my throat and then but when I'm making and when I'm working in ceramics and because of their incredibly like tactile nature and they force you to be slow, like you cannot mess around with them. Like when you're making, there's parts where you have to leave it to dry. Like you have to yeah. go against my nature is like, I need this done now. Like I need this. Which you know, is quite a weird, if you're working with ceramics where you've got to fire them and everything, that's, exactly. that process is really yeah. slowing you down. Yeah, and I think that it's so important when your head is like this all the time, like... But... <laughs> 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 it's the champagne! It's hot, it's mm. hot, purple work. Sip, sip, sip. No, but when you, when you are working in ceramics, it does make you mentally a lot slower. And I always listen to audiobooks or watch you. <laughs> yeah. Or podcasts. You, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or your podcasts. But yeah. your podcasts have been with me quite often, like when I'm in the studio. And it's like, it's a time when I switch off. And I really think that as much as antidepressants and stuff like that can work, yeah. 
I think art is inc- can be incredibly therapeutic yeah, in that totally. sort of way. So um, there's a series of work you made, which were post-it notes. So for those listening oh, who don't know your work already, um, you work predominantly in ceramic. Yes. And, and you often will make kind of, with your hands, kind of... Um, uh, think representations of the real world so for example this series of post-it notes that you did mm. now they like if you think about drawing on a post-it note like an idea or a thought or a memory mm. it would be a very instantaneous quick process but the thing I really liked about that particular body of work was this idea that it's all these super personal details and memories yeah you had to like slowly make them because of the ceramic you know the distance between yeah. that um so the idea for the show, the it was called The X-Files, and I've always been working in offices. So when I went totally crazy when I was about 18, my dad was like, right, because I quit art school, and he was like, you are coming to work for me. And he made me get dressed, he made me get up every day, and, you know, like, it was having that sort of routine. So, And then again, after I'd been at art school and got through it, then I was a PA, and so I've always had this sort of love letter to offices because they've given mm. me such structure. And stability. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but the idea for those post-its and that show was I got in a relationship which um, I was really lonely. Like, uh, that's going to make me cry. But I was very, I was so lonely. And I think things like Tinder um, kind of can make you lonelier. Yes, definitely. And I met someone on that and it was sort of a relationship that went so fast and was just really like high octane and just quite abusive and it kind of really scarred me and I thought everything was my fault. Mm. And then I couldn't really think, like I, I couldn't understand what I was feeling or... I thought it was all me. And so then in the end, I asked two of my exes, is this true? And they were so kind to me. And it made me just reflect on our whole time together. And the idea of these post-its were, I feel that within relationships, you can constantly, especially ones that are quite negative to you, constantly undermine each other or try and have the last word. Mm. So with the post-its, the idea was that they would the syntax of them and they'd be really staccato and each sentence would either undermine or, you know, reiterate what the other one said. Mm. So one said, like, you slipped in and out of my life and then the next one said, and in and out of me. And then, like, this sort of thing or playing with these sorts of things are like a master of just eat. You know, when someone orders you the best takeaway and knows all the sides and, you know... That's a skill. That is a skill. Yeah, but like it's something that's really sexy. Like, you know, we all have those qualities in relationships that make us really amazing or make someone unique. And it was about looking at those nuances and trying to kind of like not look at love in such a sort of academic way and just show how visceral it was. But Mm. the main thing was, was when I got out of this relationship, someone said to me like, I don't know how someone who seems quite strong could be in that sort of relationship and they meant it as a compliment but for me I was like well I'll show you fucking how that happens do you know what I mean like Mm. and showing you how people undermine you how you undermine them Mm. how I've probably been terrible in relationships and not perfect but at the same time things have happened back and then what's very weird was that that night my now boyfriend, Guy Oliver, came to the exhibition 
And um, the X so, Files, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I sat on his lap at the end of the night and kind of drunkenly slurred at him, like, "Are you going to take me home and destroy me?" <laughs> and then that's the new show name. Are you yeah. going to destroy me? <laughs> this, was before, this was before Michaela Coles. I made. I know, but I mean, like that program. Oh, that was the best thing ever. But yes. it was. It was just this really lovely thing of actually working all this shit out and putting it all over the walls and having someone come and see it and just be like, yeah, you know what, I'll take that on. Yeah. And like a man who wants <laughs> to do that, I'm like, yeah, you know what, man or woman, I'm just like, bring it on. Like, yeah, you can yeah, yeah. see all this yeah. crap, so yeah. It's incredible how you you channel the autobiographical yeah. side of you and how your your work is so raw, but yet he has such humour to it. I, I talk about that quite a lot because I don't think... Life is just really sad or or happy. Like it's not binary, yeah. Yeah, and like one I keep on saying about this one time when I was really ill and my sister said to me, like, I was like thinking about should I go on antidepressants? And you know all the shit you hear from people about and a lot of it's true for other people, but it's a very personal choice. And I wasn't getting out of bed, I wouldn't wash my hair, I wouldn't I couldn't breathe. And I was looking at these antidepressants and I was like, I don't know whether I should take it. And this was in the days before Instagram, before anything, like you couldn't really reach out to anyone. And mm. my sister was like, oh, just ring this woman that I know. So I rang this one, like random woman and I was like, hi. And it was like the weirdest thing ever. And then I said, look, the, the one reason I don't want to take them is because it says... She's it, someone who's taken or on them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she was like a reference point. Yeah. Too. But right. I said to my sister, the one reason I just don't want to take them is because I think it will ruin my sex life. Oh, really? Yeah. And she just said, well, no one's going to want to fuck you like this. Like, <laughs> and it was just so good. And it was like the funniest thing ever. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. and it was, she's so cutting. And like, in but my only family... something someone you love deeply can say. But then we a, laughed yeah, so much. And yeah. it's the first time I laughed. And I was like, God, it's such a good point. And actually stopping talking about things in this like really morose tone was so helpful for me because one note is that my life was just a but then how long did that go on for I've had like probably bouts of it since I was probably about 12 to when and then I started taking medication at about 21 and 22 and then it was like, woo! And I, I did a lot of brightly coloured work. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Right. And it was like I could see. And I, I, it was this really weird thing with obsessive thought disorder. You you ruminate and you go down into pits because you believe, as I was saying to you before, you believe it's a fact of that thing that you're thinking. Yeah. And so for me, it just suddenly turned out that I had this extra room. And then I just filled it with, like, doing more art and, yeah. Well, it's amazing because during, like reading some interviews that you've done oh, during, God, no. during COVID. You're incredibly mm-hmm. articulate. And I mean, and the stuff that you've written yourself is, is you're a fantastic writer as well. Yeah, I agree. And oh, really, God, let's really, get married. No, you are. You truly are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's really fresh. But you're talking about your time in COVID. And what is so lovely is that the work that's come out of this time where you've channeled these anxieties is so positive and vibrant and happy and joyful mm. and it is and your work is you would describe it as grotesque but happy and mm. I think you've described it as grotesque and leaky at yeah. one point it's how the work is and I find that quite inspiring because you're oh. talking about what, 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 what you've been through but yet the work at a time when you know you could be really morose yeah. you could fall back into patterns you haven't well I have more recently with right. the second wave like not to carry on talking about that but like what happened with that CCA show is that 
Yeah, they would just sit goldsmiths yeah, to show that I may and, destroy you, yeah. Um, so we were in... I had the idea of it before, so I had... Um, I got a Develop Your Creative Art Practice grant to do stained glass. So this, Henry, this wasn't the Henry Moore one, though? No, this was something I got, like, a, probably almost two years ago. Uh-huh. Is it two? No, a year and a half ago I, I didn't know about this. We were talking about it the other night, and I think it's such an amazing it's grant. It's open again, and people should go yeah. for it. It's not the Freelance Foundation bursary. No. It's not, no, the, Ars- <laughs> it's not the Arson Heritage Award. I've got all your awards and prizes no, listed no, no. here. It's a really unusual one. I've <laughs> never I mean, of. I apply for everything. Oh, right. Yeah, it's an Arts Council. Oh, it's an Arts Council one. But, I mean, I... I I wasn't, I didn't have a gallery, I hadn't been selling or anything, so to stay afloat, I applied to everything, got every rejection, and then kept on applying and applying and applying, and so at the same time, Guy and I both got this award, and we'd we'd only been going out like two weeks or three weeks, but you went for it separately, yeah, we didn't even know each other, other. and then we found out I got it, and then we didn't know whether he did, and we were sat outside the National Gallery, and he found out he got it as well, and we were screaming, so how much is it, money, or is it a a qualification, no, no, you can ask how much you want up to a project, but in mine, I said that I wanted to have mentoring by people that I just really admired and one of the people was Heather Phillipson. Yeah. And um Who's currently on the fourth plinth. Oh, she's just amazing. Yeah, with the ice cream and yeah. the cherry and the fly and the drone. Yeah. yeah. It's just beautiful. And we're gonna be doing um a talk together through Goldsmiths, but she Wow she turned round and I was having a particularly bad day in the studio because just before she came in I heard one of the there's a horrible thing with ceramics and you can hear it in the kiln when it breaks. And no. it goes Doom. And you just can hear it and you know what's happened. It's like the sound of heartbreak. I hear it in my dreams. Yeah. It's like, you told I, me, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like, yeah. doom. and you just know that it have hasn't. Other, have other ceramicists shared this same? I, I don't know if they've had the same fear, but like me and Paloma both have exactly the same thing. Like, poor Paloma once put something into like the wrong temperature and it just melted all over the whole kiln. Like, the disasters we've had and how much that has made because we shared this tiny studio yeah. at this place called you Plaza had a Plaza. With an octopus once as well, didn't you? I've had a million. Des- I, oh, I was actually talking about that the other day, wasn't I? What was the octopus story? Oh, it was too sad. I was making this octopus and I'd made it so. I really thought I'd made a good work. You mm. know, one of those things and you take a picture of it and you're like, oh my God, like, I'm great. I'm the shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those moments don't come thick and fast, but I was like going around in the studio and be like, you've seen that? You've seen that? You've seen all those tentacles? Every white sucker. And then I moved it and it just split apart oh. in the middle. But and in the head? It, the whole thing. And I just... I. But why? What had happened to it? It's just moving ceramics. It's just really hard because they're so brittle when they're dry. So when... Like times I make Paloma put my work in the kiln because I'm so scared of touching it. <laughs> and, and, and if you'd left that octopus for longer, it would have survived. No, it was never going to survive. It was the it, weight of it. All. It was just I just did something stupid. And it like, must be like extra heartbreaking because you spend so long preparing yeah. these objects. Yes, it and then me. and then it's out, it's out of your control though because making them you're so in control. Well, I'm a control freak, so mm. quite often I'll be trying to work with. Uh, communities or other people or and I feel like working with ceramics it is collaborative Mm. because you can't predict what it's going to do like I can paint it a certain color but then I can't control everything Mm. and somehow I seem to enjoy that but I, I, I don't know like when you open up the kiln and you see something that you've made like come out like I don't 
I see a work and quite often after it, I just then hate it. And I think that that is what makes me want to create again because I'm like, I could do better. But I had that initial moment when it first comes out the kiln and I'm like, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> what I like about you saying that you're a control freak is that you, you work predominantly in installations. You rarely do, do yeah. standalone pieces, but your installations have this freewheeling energy to them, but you're very uh, controlling of that. It looks like that, but actually yeah. down to the minutest like angle position, you're, you're across it all. Well, it kind of, that's how I go to sleep at night. Like I, I think about... I was. I actually showed you the other day, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you like, showed me a plan of S- the CCA show. Yeah. And it was oh, this wow. kind of drawn-out um, computer graphic plan. Yeah. And it was every single detail of, of, of the installation. And Lindsay was saying that unlike other people that might turn up to a space, which we have a lot in our gallery, actually, where people turn up and then they're like, oh, no, it doesn't work and we're going to, you know, move something here. Improvise and, in yeah, the Yeah, and moment. improvise. Yeah. That's one way of installing in a way. You bring the work to the space. Of course. Lindsay has it all down to the but finest detail. But you know the detail. space before. What? Yeah, so with CCA, like, it, it was probably one of... After this. Probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. After you turning up in my studio yeah. when, you know, from the telly. Um, <laughs> I, I've always admired what they do, what well, Sir McCrory does at... Yeah, she's CCA, yeah, yeah, like it, she was one of those people. Like, yeah, Sarah McCrory runs the CCA. At Gold um, Space, she, yeah. she, she just was like, "Oh, do you fancy a Zoom studio visit?" And when I got that email, I screamed, and Guy thought something terrible would happen. I was uh-huh. like, <laughs> and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> and then, like, we sort of had this Zoom studio visit, and I was so ready. You know what I mean? Like, hello, like, kind of like how I'm prepared for this, uh-huh. which was just a lot of crying. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but I like sort of. We were speaking and um, they were just sort of talking about saying, they were like, yeah, so what we wanted to kind of do was, uh, this artist can't come, so we were thinking we'd do four solo shows and if you wanted to do one, and I've just burst into tears, like, because yeah. I've applied so much for things and yeah. I'm now the younger side of 33 and, like, it was just such a lovely moment for me as an artist with someone that I admired so much yeah. to ask me to do and a show. And it had such an impact. And, and, and for people that don't know Goldsmiths, the space at the CCA, there's, there's like four rooms, and the, but it goes over two floors mm. and there's like a basement area. And as you walk in on the left, you have the main room. Yes, and you I'm... can see it from the outside, the windows. And I walked up and down the windows on the outside and it's, no, it's that's fantastic. So yeah, but it's it's... Well deserved, and it's it's like this wave is there's a momentum for your work, and there's such a, a warm feeling about your work. Whenever I talk to people, that sounds lovely because I'm just terrified by that. I think when you've, I was saying to guy today that like I I've, I've always like pushed against stuff. Like so, I love my dad, but like he was always like, you need to earn a living. Like Lindsay, like mm. you're not earning a living. Mm. You're just racking up credit card bills trying to do this. Like you've got a year and I was like I mean I'm 28 like you can't Mm. really tell me I've got a year but I knew I couldn't sustain it and so I applied so much for things um and then so that sort of thing of being asked and being asked to do something like that and being recognized on your own merit without without you pushing for it and feeling like I've only got this because it just it just feels mental and I I think especially as you're an if you are an anxious person, the the thing of feeling seen and yes. the way that the internet is at the moment and stuff and the amount of opinions there are on anyone who's out yep, there. Yep, like, yep. I just don't know if that's something that 
I could particularly handle myself. Well, like, you've taken up that space incredibly, <laughs> and, and that space is they amazing. They were amazing, though. They, so I went in with the first thing, and I was like, I want the whole floor to be covered in this. And they were like, Lindsay, that's going to be your whole budget. I don't <laughs> think you should do that. And they were like, maybe think about plinths or something like that. And I was like... I hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can that's, yeah, yeah, like, and, and it's one of those really great things when your initial idea doesn't work, which was quite crap, and then you kind of go back to the drawing board and yeah. you think like, okay, well, what could you do with this? And that, yeah. that's the great thing about installation. Like, you kind of, you have to think of the whole room, and I always think about it in terms of a viewer's experience. So mm. I think about what it's going to be like for that person to walk in yeah. and what I want them to feel. And like... What do you want them to feel? Well, this is a very, I mean... Do you consider your audience? All the time. You like, do. I think there's something that I feel intensely privileged to be making work or to have anyone who wants to go and see what I do. Like, I, I, I feel like, and that's in the sincerest way possible because from talking about things like depression, like, time is so precious to all of us. And if someone wants to spend their time on your work, then give them a fucking good show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, put your all into it. And if you're not doing it and not going to be doing that, then just leave it for then. And if people are investing time and money in me, then I kind of want to just show them how much I appreciate it and just try my hardest. Mm -hmm. And I think in art, quite a lot of people want to act like they're not trying, but like, I want people to know I'm really trying for you. Mm -hmm. And I really want you to have a nice time. But mm. not like a nice time, but like hate it, be disgusted by me. Have an opinion. Yeah. Yes. Have a like, reaction. Rather just, than yeah. no, you, no one can ever look at your work and be bored or find it Well, it's a dick in a takeaway box, babe. There's a dick burger. There is a dick. Who doesn't love a dick burger? I now actually, I'm so proud there's a warning sign. Yeah, that was a warning sign <laughs> of explicit content. Yes, explicit. But let's talk about that show, because that show was made predominantly during lockdown, right? Yes. And there are a lot of uh, your first time painting, paintings there, but mm. of, of Guy in yeah. various costumes. No, no, that's his one shirt. <laughs> that's your one shirt, but with blood on his mouth and like vampiric teeth and... I actually just imagined them, painted them I in because we were in oh, lockdown. Very good, very good imagination. So yeah, so <laughs> if you if you can imagine that the idea for the show came before lockdown, um, but then oh, did I finish what I was saying about Heather Phillipson? Because when oh, yes. we were there, you said you wanted her to be a mentor. Yeah, but she, I was trying to do stained glass, and I'm still trying to do stained glass, but. Like, and she was like, well, I was like, but I just don't want to do it. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to paint Guy as a vampire. And like, it just really like came out of me. And I was like, I, I didn't know. I was just like, I just really want to fucking do that. Like, I just, he's got those like teeth and like, just I really. Teeth. Oh, yeah. They are. Oh, my God. It's really sexy, isn't it? Terrified. It is sexy. I know. Right. I'm terrified. <laughs> I know. You are a vampire, <laughs> werewolf, folklore. Well, I saw this band. program called Being Human. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to being human, you were, right? No, I, I mean, I was always a Buffy fan. Yes. Like, but I, I stopped before it got stupid. But I had, I would go to like, I'm so sorry if there are Buffy fans out there. I forgot. Like, it just got a bit too much for me when Angel what, was killed. One? Yeah, I just, when Angel went, <laughs> like, right. I have, I, I was imprinted, you know, with like Angel. And 
I, when he was unfortunately, oh, when she had to kill him, I just used to rewatch that all the time. And cry. Wow. Oh, God, it was just so much to me. Like, I was telling Guy the other day, I had this really weird thing about Legolas, not Orlando Bloom. Mm. And, like, um, also as well, Josh Hartnett back in the day in Pearl Harbor. Yes. Like, really, yes. you know, like the big fa- crushes. Oh, like, adoration. But then when I met Guy, like, there was this sort of thing of I feel that when you go into a relationship and especially my relationship with him, he, I just fell in love with him so hard mm. that it was just the most terrifying thing that had ever happened because I'd mm. worked so hard to be like on my own mm. and to, you know, like not depend on someone else. So Because when you get up, like I had a like six year relationship and then, you lose a sense of yourself because you're mm. a unit. And then mm. you, I went to the Royal College and built it up. And then being with him, it was like, okay, well, are you going to destroy me? Like, are you, are you going to destroy this person that I've made who gets to work on time and does everything? And, mm. you know, I then wanted to do stuff with him that I, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> no, but I wanted to, I wanted to hang out with him more than I wanted to do art. And there was this thing of just feeling like, in relationships, you are surrendering yourself so much to another person and letting someone in, and that is bloody terrifying. Mm. The d- dynamic I've seen between you both is quite equal, though, which I really like. I feel like you're both successful artists, like, you know, both rising at the same time, and you seem to both have a real respect for each other's practices, and I feel like you're actually, if anything, you seem to be two people that are sort of doing their own thing at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, rather than it being, like... Well, you, know, you should always respect your elders. <laughs> <laughs> so this this show, this show was it's basically a love story but told through folklore yeah well the the idea i had i always was really interested in the way that um fantasy and the gothic usually comes about from experiencing trauma and, and the way that sometimes yes. when we're in something that's quite hideous me and guy in the middle of lockdown just we're taking these pictures and pretending to do this vampiric love story. And like, wow. it took so long to take some of the pictures and like the arguments we had, I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, can you not just do this? Like I've got 150 outtake pictures of one thing with me trying to be a werewolf. Like, but then I ended up doing a ceramic of it. And, you know, like we put it on a sort of tripod and then be like, what in his bedroom? And he's got these really, ugh disgusting black satin um curtains, <laughs> curtains no that let in, that, like they're so <laughs> disgusting like oh my god <laughs> he thinks they're quite smart yeah they're is he so... actually a vampire then? I know that this sounds is... quite like he this actually is... could be Dracula this in disguise is... I know this is what I'm talking about and so it's they were all taken and like he would press the timer on the camera and then he'd jump on top of me to do that pose and like there was a lot of just us play acting. And I think when you are experiencing trauma, quite often you go into a different place in your head. And yes. so it was kind of like a nice sort of symbiotic sort of thing between the between COVID and what was happening. And also it kept us entertained, which yeah. we all went to some dark places. I mean, has anyone done a Zoom quiz recently? Oh, gosh. No, that's we, over. I, are you still I, doing a Zoom quiz? No, but honestly, I mean, the amount of Zoom quizzes that we did as a, well, a friendship really group that them. I checked out he of. He sort of sit there and, and then suddenly it, Rob would be missing. Him. I was like, everyone gone. was like, where's Rob gone? Because I used to just like yeah. pass out or just disappear. Well, we, we had quite a lot of friends. Um, me and Guy quite enjoyed being the quiz masters. <laughs> 
But we did like some really, really epic rounds, like guess the orgy, and we'd show us like a clip, and you know, like we were, like. <laughs> but then the best thing was like the tin foil round, and it was like people doing um, making art, stuff, artworks. Crafts. We right. thought they would just do like Starry Night and tin foil, but no, because everyone was so pissed by the end of it. Yeah. That everyone was sort of doing Birth of Venus and, you oh know, like God, wow. all of this. <laughs> oh, Paloma's one. She actually did Tracy Emin. So she got the tin foil and put it between her. I was just about to do this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> put it between her legs like it was like the money. And it was oh, yeah, like yeah. the yeah, money yeah. work. Yeah, yeah and photograph. Would, we would. And she, Sometimes and they, the dress is worth more than the money. Is no, it not that, that one. Oh, I've got it all. I've got it all. Yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. they put the flash on so it had that same sort of like. And we were like looking at our friends like, fuck me. Like, we are so impressed by you all. Like, wow. Yeah, but it just all went terrible after Can that. I ask you something? So you and I met just before lockdown happened. Yes. And we first met at Goldsmiths. Yes. And I was already a fan of your work and you didn't know that. And then you'd been listening to Talk Art. So we sort of said hi to each other, both like, oh, we really like each other. Mm. And then I over, I'd overheard a, a, a tutorial, sorry, a tutorial that you were giving to one of the students. Oh God, it's the same and I heard you mention Tracy Emin and you were talking about how she was quite pivotal to your like understanding 14, yeah. of... She was the first thing I ever saw that, that made me think that art could be something else. Like, I... I just had never seen when we when I was younger at school we were always meant to copy men's work like right. always meant to draw men's work and you know and then I had this amazing teacher called Mr Woolley I really hope he's listening so that's like a really Mr Woolley yeah hi Mr, Mr. Woolley <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I re- it was Mr Woolley then no, I know I know yeah. he he was really fit I mean, <laughs> I mean I mean I haven't seen him recently so he's probably you know um but he and but he's also incredibly kind and I was at that age when my tits had come in and I just wanted to look hot and go around school. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, was yeah, like you, you know those slouchy I've boots been there, with I've strap. Been there, yeah, yeah. yeah. When Your my tits t- came when in. My tits were coming, I was literally like, Whoa. I've definitely been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We both been there. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just this really weird thing, and they showed me Tracy Emin's work and I just I remember one time as well, I was in Tate Britain and I saw, like, the handwritten, um, I, th- I can't remember what it was. A CV, was it, maybe? Uh, it was, like, when she was writing about an attack that she'd had. Oh, okay, yeah. And I didn't realise that things that had happened to me weren't good because I grew up in an age where, you know, like, someone who was lecherous was your uncle or you know what I mean not, not, mm. like, not saying my uncle is like but like you know like uncle blah blah and you're like no he's just handsy he's not an yeah, uncle yeah. yeah but like it's like it, well no but, we used to have that I was a man lived down the street and my mum would say don't go near him he's a bit fiddly yeah and it was just sort of accepted that that news it was a really different morning, time wasn't yeah, it morning but you knew they were and, fiddly it's yeah, like but, what but it was just like how it was how our parents saw things yeah. and when I read that from her and I just saw her, the ten, and just so much that she did. I don't know. I was just completely flabbergasted by it all, and that art could be like that, and art could have spelling mistakes, and art didn't have to be perfect, and you know. And then I basically did a whole work inspired by her, and it just yeah went 
But talking <laughs> about... What was that oh. work? Oh, no, I was 15. Let's not talk about my 15. But it was, a pl- it was an applique, wasn't it? Didn't you do like a blanket? How do you know that? Well, I just did. Just say, just say, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> what I do want to talk about, though, is there's a series you've done of like postcards from holidays and this idea of like yes. you being in the south of France or somewhere and see sort of erotically, you know, connecting to Charged, postcards and yeah. like holiday postcards. And I know that that series... Um, you were talking a lot about this idea of when you first have like an awakening as a teenager. So the postcards that I had was that there was a naughty postcard book in the toilet because yeah. my dad has a lot of what car magazines in the toilet. Like his favourite thing is to do a poo and to read the what car. Oh my God. What? <laughs> it's the kind of thing Russell would do. Yeah, but, yeah, no. yeah, but, yeah, but you've got to take those digest. simple pleasures, yeah, babe. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, living etc. or El Decor. <laughs> <laughs> Similar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's like a nice thing to do, like to read something. Absolutely. Exactly. It used to be the Argos catalogue, though. Oh like, around God, Christmas, words, I'd be flipping yeah. through. I like, that, I like yeah. that. And you can put £2 a week and you pay it off over, over 40 weeks. Right, I do that. It was always Argos catalogue. I was like, mm, at Christmas, I was like, oh, God, I need that Mr. Frosty machine. Yes, I was like, totally. I need that so bad. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. the postcard book was in there. And there's all these women with like bumper boots and all of these like naughty Plus jokes. smart. Pure smut. Yeah. Like... Bit of blue. But the thing is, is that, like, it's quite sad that I understood it at that age. I mean, that's how highbrow it was. But, like, Mm. I mean, like, it was just exactly... It just titillated me. And I just... I think I've always been obsessed by that, just sort of, like... But you've made a whole series of postcards from it, haven't you? Well, that was actually for a show that was... um, actually got cancelled for COVID. And I was meant to be doing a big installation there around the basis of Honeymoon. And in the end that got cancelled and I ended up doing the CCA show but um yeah so the the postcards were actually at the show in Denmark so a way of doing it and were sort of photographed and yeah it was really brilliant it was a, a someone called in situ collective who I really hope to work with please work with me again uh-huh. <laughs> please work with me <laughs> ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So there's lots of, you talk about Tracy Emin and Sarah Lucas plays into your work and then you came across the work of Rebecca Warren at one point. And yes. I think I've read that she really made you realise something else about what art could be. Like Tracy opened one key she was a key for something else. Yeah, it was really beautiful to kind of see how much she was within it, like, and, like, to see, like, how... 
I don't know where you got all this from. It feels really weird because I'm creepy about you and now you're being creepy about <laughs> Russell's, Russell's like a psychotherapist. Yeah, but I he's, fucking he's got his love notes. it. It's like really lovely. It's like, oh, he's you, Freud. you know me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But there was something about seeing like how. Um, I, they're not violent, but there's so much of her within it. Yeah. And I think that that's something with ceramics that I really love. Like, it's a complete manifestation of time. Like, so when I was doing the paintings for the show, it's just painting is crap. Like, it's so hard. Like, it's it's just... Why is it hard? Because, like, if I'm painting Guy and someone's just going to really turn around to me and say, it doesn't look like Guy, does it? Right. Do you know? <laughs> and, like, there's something that I really feel like with... But that's the, bi- that's the that's the public's binary view of what art is. If it doesn't yeah. look like it, then yeah. then it is an art. But I think that when when you're sort of from a background that isn't like so my my family like my mum um, was a children's clothes designer and my dad sort of works in buildings and things and so there's been like this desire in me to make work always that doesn't exclude the people I love the most. If mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. So mm. I don't like you know like I don't. Well, they feature in your work, your family does. They were yeah. Russian dolls at one point, and yeah, I mean, they were so integral to. I mean, the yellow wallpaper. They we um, mm. we actually did a talk, and it was called "Who Cares for the People Who Care for People," and it was actually like my parents talking about how difficult it is to be with or like care for someone who. Um, isn't accepting help or you know is yeah, really yeah. difficult or what it feels like to watch someone that you love go through very difficult times yeah. um and I'm so proud of them for doing that but I just when we started do, when I did the yellow wallpaper show which was this was an exhibition I did at Eastside Projects and I, I had applied through their open call they're absolutely amazing like they have these sort of um members shows where you are in the sort of side room and I was in the but not like a kind of side but it's like the main room was Sonia Boyce's work wow and she is oh she's just delicious they were like oh can you give a lift like give Sonia a lift I was like fuck no she's not getting my car like I mean she's the most amazing artist and she's do you know what's in my car it's just like full of crap you know what I mean like (laughs) one of these she's like a living legend yeah I know she's representing the UK at the Venice Biennale I know I know but she's the like like that night when we got back to the flat, she just like it was the most lovely thing. She just chatted to us. I think me and Guy just sat there just like this, wow. like, just, like listening. Oh, in all, she's just yeah. just the most divine person. Yeah, totally. But when we were there at Eastside, like they were just so amazing at eking out a show that they knew was obviously quite difficult for me. And it's Ruth and Gavin. Like I'd, um, I'd sort of the first sort of break sort of thing I got was getting an interview there for like one of their three phase projects and I didn't get it but I've kind of like always sort of applied for stuff with them and like I've just always wanted to work with them and then finally doing it like they really pushed me to think outside of how I usually would and like I was also just sort of seeing Guy and Guy was introducing me to more horror films and we were watching The Shining and it suddenly it just came to me like I think it was about three o'clock in the morning and we both woke up didn't we just thinking about something and I was like that carpet needs to be the wallpaper like uh, and yeah. so oh, it's wow. like the hotel, yeah, yeah and then it's so it's sort of like the walls with um David Hicks inspired by his carpet and then like the floor was inspired Who's by David Hicks? he was a designer from the 60s and 70s like he made some really incredible interiors like should look them up like 
but he designed the carpet for The Shining. And oh, I so think... he's actually the d- guy who designed The Shining. Yeah, carpet. yeah. We were just talking to um, the singer Danae Moore, and her new album Modern Dreb was a lot. A lot of the visual side of it was all inspired by The Shining. It's such it's a sort such... of seminal film, isn't it? I think there's something about being a woman and knowing what Shelley Duvall went through. Well, she had a breakdown. Yeah, in that he pushed her. The director pushed and, her. To yeah, point. and yeah. like I read stories about how Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Rocky's just fine, sorry. He does need a poo, but he will go, he will go in a bit with a copy That's of like that. Me, he needs a car though? magazine, though, to go. Oh sorry. <laughs> I, I read about that breakdown, and like, I read this thing where they were like, oh, isn't it absolutely amazing the way that Jack Nicholson just screamed at her in that episode, <laughs> in that part, yeah. when she interrupts, and I was like, no. Yeah, like, but they used to trick her, like, she'd be on set and wouldn't know that Jack would come into a oh, scene, and so they'd be horrible. filming, and then he'd come out and be like, hi, and she'd be like, oh, uh, and it's just it's like really one of, traumatic. Yeah. yeah, it was dangerous what they did to her. Yeah. So it kind of felt like I really wanted to include that, and then also the floor was inspired by Suspiria, like the Dario Argento film, and I, uh-huh. I really kind of found my feet with and yes. like an idea of creating something that felt quite structural, but was mm. talking about madness, like a sort of controlled mm. and planned and designed madness and this idea of like not making things because I've always been really inspired by people like the Bloomsbury group and you know like these sorts of incredible groups of people who I don't know take over rooms and take over houses I don't know if you've ever been to Charleston house no no it's like the most you really should what, it's the so most gorgeous space where they all used to go and yeah and, and it, so, yeah. but they decorated the whole house and like it's so amazing. Where, where is Charleston House? In, in central London? No. no. No, it's outside of London, isn't it? Yes. But all the, Blooms, <laughs> all the Bloomsbury set used to go there and hang out and there's all photographs of them there. Hang on, I was going to do the Charleston Book Festival or something. Yes, that's where... Oh, yeah, so that's near Brighton or somewhere. If you go inside the house... Also, they said something like, share your pictures of Charleston House. You're not allowed to take pictures. I took so many pictures of me in there. Like, and I was like, I was like, are you just kind of trying to trick me? Because oh my God, you should couldn't... do a show there one day. That would be so. Yes, cool. I should do a show there. Yes. That would be so really so nice. I know what it was. I was meant to interview Maggie Hambling at the Charleston Trust oh, House. Okay. Well, so it go. is. It's near Brighton. Yeah, it's it's it just like feels like time, and like that's one of the things I love the most with like their interiors. Like they've painted absolutely everything, and I mean that's people with a lot of time. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, you channeled <laughs> that into the yellow wallpaper show. Um, no, that was what I was looking at more right. before. But then this sort of idea of being more structural and more geometric with my ideas, like. Yes. Um, and it's another. It's a big installation. This is a whole room. Yeah, I just bloody love. Yeah. Giving myself shingles. What? But what is that? What is that about? Like the the theatric? Is it like a a, a, a the, film a theater set? set or yeah, a yeah. Film set. It feels like there's you can do performance art in there. Yeah. It, it occupies um, movement. It occupies like a narrative. You're a storyteller, basically. These whole. Well, that's what one would say. Um, yes. No, I. Why don't I just do that? I hate myself. No, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's that sort of idea of suspension of disbelief. Like my mum, when I was little, she used to do um, like the Santa Grotto or something yeah. like that because the mums at the school didn't like her that much. And so she tried really hard and like she always put her all into it. And it was like, even if it was just pain or something like that, like she now does a panto at Christmas. You've seen it, Guy, haven't you? You had to be in it. What did you have to be? I was one of the three bears. 
Yeah. Oh, three birds. But oh, she like paints Mummy scenery and like does everyone outfits and it's just that effort. Uh, <laughs> you were Mummy Bear. Guy was Mummy Bear in the past. Then you were Daddy. <laughs> now he's Daddy Bear. Yeah, lovely. But it's like that effort that my mum puts in and that generosity. Um, I just want people to walk in and have a... Good time. Yeah, I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it's the same as... Well, have an experience, have an event. And actually, you were talking the other day about wanting to include more people in your work in the sense of, like, you started to make series of smaller works, which are almost like additions, but they're all unique. So you're going to start sort of making an edition every year. Which is such a nice thing because it's kind of democratic and it makes it more you made accessible. made one for the goldsmiths, so it's like a goblet, yeah. a goat, goat well, foot goblet. Or... But um, what Rob's actually talking about is that, um... <laughs> I love that face. <laughs> no, 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 I did make one, the goblets for that, but like um, Guy and I are trying to, when we're in the midst of, is it midst or myth? Midst. Yep. We're in the mints of. The mints of. <laughs> yeah. mincing. You're that mincing all yeah. the way to North I'm in the mints. Right show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the mints of getting. No, we're, try, <laughs> we're trying really hard to get a space here, which I'm hoping that, like, in at the back. Gate. Yeah, back I'll have a studio, but also within COVID, like, if I could make an addition and sell that through, like, a Kickstarter, and then we can pay other artists and curators to you know, do shows down here. And we also said that we kind of, we really wanted to be like kind of quite hands off and just be like, you know, like you bring your stuff up here and you kind of like take all the money from it, but we'll just pay you sort of like a fee and we'll just keep it going. And if it goes for a year, then it goes for a year because we've got no interest in, well, interest in getting involved in, it's really hard, like the parts when you know. You don't want to be a gallerist. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Right, yeah. no, but it's more like it's more like creating a space where people well, a movement. to give you an opportunity. Be part, you want to be other artists. You want to be the Margate set. Uh, no, I think it's more just about some possibility, and like a lot of my friends are feeling, but it also people I don't know are still making really great work, but the opportunities just dried up. Yeah, have, I mean they, ha- yeah they have a bit. And because we don't know how long this is all going on for and we're less willing to take risks. So if we can cover the rent by it being my studio and the idea is, is that we'd get more artists in and just give that sort of opportunity to show so much for us because it's like creating space yeah, you know for other creative yeah. people that, to have that's just shows how but lovely I love you are it does actually and it feels and like I, you're a person when you do that edition we will promote it because yeah. I really think we need to raise it feels like for. you're an educator you're someone that really supports other people you want other people to come with you on the journey you're not like I'm ahead well, I you're behind I don't ever want to be on my own again I know it sounds oh that sounds really sad but like when you've been that lonely and you've been at that point of um, feeling completely not with the world or that you are living in a different sort of ring around the world and you're watching everyone. When life comes back and you're a part of it again, you just have to grab it and you have to be like, you have to like take those days when you're really excited and just roll with it. And the way that I feel about other people's work and other people like doing well or other people because when I was younger I used to uh run like sort of a nomadic space called it's all tropical I find it really weird talking about it but like it was in Sheffield and it was at the point when um one of the main things was that like there was a certain body of work that was really liked this I'm talking oh god ages ago right 
Um, Somebody work that you'd made? Well, no, no, there was... No, no, no. It was that my work was too much or it was like I was a bit too much and it oh, was... Well, I heard a, a, when you said a, a crit saying to you that they couldn't comment on your work because it was too feminine. But that was normal. I, I can't explain to you how much it was normal, just someone just being like, I just don't identify with it because it's feminine. Like, oh, it wasn't... Funny. It wasn't... It wasn't like you were like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. It was just kind of like what oh, okay, you were yeah. used to. Yeah, yeah, or like right. someone would be like, oh, he works a bit too much. And so I did this show and I invited, and Instagram had just started, and I invited all the artists that I thought that I had seen that like might be too much. And I was like, do you want to so do this cool. show? Love. And then we called it Overseasoned. And like I was like really on my PA sort of thing and like sent like these I've got these flyers made and sent it to everyone it's like the least cool thing you could do but like fuck it if you're not being invited to the party make a better party yeah. if you know what I mean like, and, and how did it and go also, down I, yeah, it was so good <laughs> so good <laughs> and then we got asked to do overseas in part deux but I mean like now I look back at it and cringe obviously because no but we I don't think you should because the, the, the lesson in that is that say you are too much for you know the art world or too much for whoever it was Fuck that, because that's who you are, and that's what makes you special, and that's why we're now interested in what you're doing. Because it is extreme, you know what I mean? Like, it does... Marry it me does, too! No, but <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Yeah. No, but I think there is a thing of, like... Because I applied to... I was always quite high-achieving at school, because... I realised that in art, you literally had to tick boxes. Like, mm. they could not like your work, but they had to give you a first if you'd done everything they said, if right. you know what I mean. Like, right. it was a formula. Yeah. And so after that, it was just this sort of thing of just, my work wasn't something that people would have it been interested. It wasn't the formula. Like, yeah. yeah, and, like, I kind of applied for the Royal College and then I didn't get in. And, like, I've never been more heartbroken in my life. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, rejection... I realised is what something is something that I like retaliate quite well. Like I'm like yeah. that I that thing of picking yourself up again, and it is something you recognise. Yeah. It's just something that has made me just always be like, don't take opportunities for granted, if that makes sense. So it could all disappear, and I always mm. think like that. It might disappear, so it's just like I'm just going to try my bloody hardest and. I don't know. I think that's all well, you can do. I mean, it's, it's, you're succeeding. I your, think that's such great advice, though, for people to listen to. And just before we go on to our final questions, I want to say that please, everyone listening, apply for things. And if you don't get it, it doesn't matter. Keep on trying because you are great and you just have to be you, basically. I think I've got, from everything I've applied for, I've got 99% rejection. Like, exactly. I would it's, say it's so high. Yeah. And, like... You just get better. I mean, I have this folder on my computer of every proposal I've ever made. Yeah, you've got to hang yeah. On. yeah. You know, and Lisa, you scavenge, you scavenge the artist. She has every rejection. Every rejection. Oh my god! Yeah, I couldn't keep them. They're too sad. No, she's like, kept yeah. them all. But there's one where, like, oh my god, I really got it this time. I think I really wrote it well. And then it just comes back, just being like, oh, sorry, no, we forgot to reply to you. No, you <gasps> didn't get it. No, no. But I mean, like, it's yeah, stuff like yeah, yeah. it's stuff like weirdly artists are those sorts of people who each time just go like okay cool dust yourself off and be like here I go again <laughs> yeah I think that's like actors singers it's like I think that's what yeah. that's what we're 
designed to do and we're told when we go into it you are going to get rejected yeah you need to have a hard skin. podcasters when they turn down the interview exactly you're like will you come on our podcast and they're like no and, like, and then we just keep asking yeah. until they do say you? yes and then they say yes I mean like I, I, I took like a millisecond to say yes like this is the most exciting thing that's Aww. happened to me I want to go back before we go into last <laughs> questions to the Eastside Projects which was in Birmingham yeah the Yellow Wallpaper show yes now I've recently been watching a show called the Salisbury Poisonings I haven't seen that yet right so for people that haven't watched it how does that show play into your work because there is a piece in that work wait the Salisbury no because it was about Litvinenko okay tell me about that sorry I got the wrong thing there. no no I can it was another poisoning that yeah yeah okay so the um I will just explain so with the yellow wallpaper um I read um Charlotte Perkins Gilman's short story and it really reminded me of this time when I was 18 slash sort of 19 and I um well you can't be a slash age can you yeah, you can, can actually. You can. <laughs> he's, he's 39 slash I'm 40. Yeah, you know, 39 slash 40 in yeah. two, two days' time. I'm yeah. 40. Okay, I suppose I'm so. 33 slash 18. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I um, was really ill, as lots of my stories go. Um, and I had taken to the top floor of our house, and we had this, we were in this new build estate called Ozio Crescent. And for us, it was like meant to be this place where you know, like we were getting a new house, like newness. And it was in that sort of time when newness was something you really wanted and not like feature pieces or or maybe that was just how my family was. But so I was in the top floor of this house and I had just stopped sleeping because I was so ill. And like my parents didn't know what to do with me. It was a time when people didn't even know what anxiety, people didn't call things anxiety no. or depression or anything. It was like... Lindsay's mental, gone mental. weird. <laughs> like, yeah, right. yeah, and I was kind of like the daughter that they didn't know what to do with. And like, I was like a baby. I had, I couldn't think for myself. I I constantly thought I was dying. I I think this is going to sound, this is a lot of too much information, but like, I think I got chlamydia when I was 17. And like that shock of that from like hardly having sex at all just put me into a thing of like understanding realizing some sort of mortality or that like yeah. something could be it within your body you yeah. yeah it just mm-hmm. made me go mental sorry that's a lot but like um, not at all so i was in the top floor of this house oh and the thing was was that everyone was really angry at me that i had it so like they were like how did you get that like, what, what have you been doing and i hadn't been doing anything it was just you know what i mean like and yeah, yeah. that reaction to people making you a social pariah not piranha <laughs> oh my god I, I prefer piranha yes social, social piranha pariah glamorous yeah. that thing of being that Shame, ashamed into yeah, yeah totally ashamed slut of yourself shame, I guess it wasn't even just the slut shaming it was more the thing of just feeling like someone that my family would disown and wow. and my family are not bad people it wasn't like a bad thing it was just something they just didn't really understand yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean and so anyway, it kind of, I kind of got really spun out of this sort of thing. And so I would not sleep. But at the time, This Life, do you know that TV yeah, program? Yeah, of course. Oh, inspiration. I had never seen it, but this was before you had like Netflix and yeah. stuff. So This Life used to be on at like one o'clock in the morning and then two o'clock in the morning. So that was my routine. And I have a fag between the two of them. And I was having my cigarette out. I wasn't allowed to do that. And I burnt all the top of the window. My dad was so mad. The plastic oh was all meant to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and like, I was having a cigarette out the window. And I was like, 
why are there all these men in black outside? And like, I was looking down and I was like, no, I, and I saw one of them like sort of walkie talkie talking and stuff like that. And like, this was like getting to two in the morning. I was like, I, phew, I did not understand what's happening. They were pacing up and down. There's about six of them and like just talking. The next day I told my parents and they were like, she's gone batshit. Like she's gone absolutely batshit. She's seeing people. Things, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then the next thing um, was the next night it happened again. And they were there and they were all sort of talking. It was the same time. And because this life was my life, like I was there having my ciggy between them. And then like, again, it was happening. And then the next day it broke that my neighbor was the Russian spy Litvinenko who had been poisoned in, um, we know the whole story now, but like he had been poisoned in a hotel. And so for me, the idea of this story of, me being told I was crazy and the protagonist in the story of the yellow wallpaper being told she was crazy. But then also with the thing of being like, actually, it's a really good story. Like, you know, when when someone's telling you a story and you're like absolutely nervous that the end's going to be shit and you're going to have to pretend to be their friend friend at the end of it. (laughs) Do do you know what I mean? And it's like, but like, I'm always really glad. It's like, and then Lipanenko was my neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) That is a nuts story. It was insane. And like, I mean, it was the worst time for his family and you know it was terrible yeah. but like there was did you know court. he was your neighbor no because you just moved in no 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 we we um we had been there for about a year or something but we we did know there'd been sort of like bits going on and wow. we did sort of know but it was that thing of i think from that point the horror of the home like so i was completely agoraphobic and i wasn't leaving the house and i was like Fuck! I might have radiation poisoning. So oh, it was wow. like oh, we God. had like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. like you and I, I'm like, safe here. <laughs> oh, yeah, my mum, my mum was like, I rang her and I was like, Mum, there are like loads of people in like hazards, sort of, you know, and like there's reporters everywhere. She's like, Oh, she's gone absolutely loopy now. And then she looked, and because um, where I live was on a hill, Muswell Hill. It was like sort of at the bottom of it, so you could actually see all the helicopters above oh, our wow. area. And like, there's me, agoraphobic, like, but then oh also loving it. Loving it. You know it. what I mean? And like, before I had been the social piranha, and then like, all my friends wanted to come around because they were like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, <laughs> and then like, my friend Chelsea was having a cig on the balcony, and like, because we were like 18, and her grandma said, I can see you on TV, get inside. Like, oh, I didn't no. know you smoked. And it was like, ah! Oh, wow. That's genius. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. It was the, I mean, it's also an awful thing. Yes, but, like, of but, course, yes. But it was just this sort of thing of like, I'm always interested in the way that these sorts of gothic tales that we look to from the past as being quite ridiculous and silly, but actually still reside now. And within, totally. our, within our homes, within our domestics, like we sort of, we walk around and we seem like we're feeling one sort of thing. And like, but me and Guy, like we both probably look like we're really happy to people and stuff, but we actually have incredibly hard fights and mm. have this sort of drama that feels like it's totally overwhelming and more so sometimes than the outside world. So it's kind of trying to talk about not trivialising mm. the internal, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. No, I just admire your frankness and honesty. So do I. I, I find it so really refreshing, inspiring. so refreshing. I don't even think I am being, though. I just can't shut it's up. It's just because it's you. <laughs> but you are Imagine. so you, and that's what I love. Imagine. So we ask everyone two questions, which I you fucking know, forgot to think of this. Well, fucking think. So the first question we ask is, if you could do an art heist, an imaginary art heist, you could steal any work of art in the world, what would it be and why? Okay. 
it's a really 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 like intense one it is the birth of venus really yeah i just love it so much i've Where copied have you seen it Where i've never seen it i've seen it reproduced seen it. i've seen it in books i've seen it everywhere Where is it in the world though it's in um I, I florence think, i think elton john mentioned it didn't he yeah, see, Fitzy. It's the one that Elton John said. I think Elton John has the same art heist as you. Who painted it? Botticelli. Yeah, it is. Thank El- you. I think Elton had the same one. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, but mine is just like, I think it's the most iconic. Like, She's I really... coming out the clamshell with all the hair everywhere. And... I just, it was the first sort of thing that I ever started copying as a kid. And like, I was trying to think of something really cool. Like, yeah. Anthea Hamilton's was really cool. And, like, yeah. so, and I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'd like say someone really... But like, I just genuinely would be so happy sitting beneath that every day. Can I say something really cringe? The thing that I think about is Lady Gaga. Because when she did the art pop album, she was really inspired by that image and kind of almost became it she? in some of the performances. Oh, really? So she had the long hair and it came out of a clamshell and all that stuff and like I I just loved it though I love Gaga yeah, and I get told off on this podcast yeah, for saying I like Shush. her so this pers- actually A Star Is Born was one of the most intoxicating and thrilling moments of my life I love it. <laughs> of your life <laughs> yeah, yeah I went to see it on my birthday and I, I've never cried more in my life but oh, like okay. but, no, but no, something about that, that the, the woman the, the Madonna coming out of the shell no I have to stop you because mine is mainly just about its celebrity like I love its reproduction I love the oh, way okay. that do you know what I mean like I feel like a shit version that's been done you can buy from like a yeah, I just, I love the way it's on bags, coats, everything. Right, like, right. And I love the way that, like, I don't even know if I like it, but I want it. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, like, yeah, there's yeah. something, there's something, like... If, but she's like a siren or a femme fatale. Oh, yes, I actually did a... I, re, I tried to remake it, so the first time I ever got really good at a jigsaw yeah. in the Royal College of Art, I just drew the whole of her and then just oh, cut her out. and then making a jigsaw. Like you no, buy, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah. And like cut her out with a jigsaw out of MDF and made my own Birth of Venus. I just think I really love iconic images like that yeah. and like trying to unpick what makes it so iconic. But there's something so feminine about that and there's something mm. femme fatale and she's a siren kind of. It's like an intoxicating image which does play into your work as well. Babe, I just don't even think that there's anything at all like, I don't know, it's just not a thing like that. It's like, I just love it. Like, yeah, as yeah. I was saying before, like, it's it's not not an academic love for it. It's just like every time I see it, I just think, ah, oh, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and yeah. I and I find it really hard when people are talking about that because I just I've had that since I was a kid, so it's kind of. And then my friend Rosie bought me a miniature one. Oh no! Oh. I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, In sorry, one of the moves. Um, I meant to ask you as well. What did you think of the Artemisia Gentileschi show the other day? It's all right. <laughs> just joking. It's basic stuff, isn't it? I, well, I, I, thought, I thought you'd like it because of the I kind know, of I absolutely, the blood and guts and gore and I, intensity. I thought there was going to be more heads oh, okay. in baskets and blood. There weren't and enough. Oh, you love a severed head, don't you? I love a severed head. I <laughs> yeah. love heads. I love blood. I love. But what was so incredible was just to think about like a woman from that time going through that absolute trauma and the pieces that she created as a result of it. And, like, she did a, that painting twice of more blood. And, like, mm. it is absolutely incredible. But also, at the same time, my partner's show was opening, so I was having a massive panic attack about life and stuff as I was going through it. So, right, like, I was right. like, this is great, but... <gasps> like, you know, like, that same sort of thing. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> which is at the Gerbert Space, everyone who can get over there. It is amazing. Yeah, Guy Oliver's show is at the Gerbert Space. Yes. just <laughs> opened. Why are you having a panic attack, Lindsay? Because um, you can't control what your partner does. So he can do his own work and, you know, it's... I can't control that. So, no, but, <laughs> but you know, do you want to? No. Oh, no, you mean you wanted it to be well received? No, I just... Or... It's, it was this weird thing that, like, because he's been working on this show for so long, mm. I didn't realise, and he's sort of, like, almost the whole time we've been together and with COVID as well, um, it's been even more extended. So it coming out and people's opinion of it and people will just write whatever they want. Like, when you love someone, it's difficult to think... You're protective. Oh, it was just this weird protectiveness that just overwhelmed me in such a way that I kind of just went through the whole of that show just being like, <gasps> great blood and guts, but... <gasps> Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's... Oh. It was a really beautiful moment, but also, like, cacked myself. <laughs> So the other question we ask every guest, which you will know, is what is, what your is my favourite, favourite colour? Oh my God, that's the first time we've done that in unison. Love it. Well, I think it was me your, that was saying it. What is, what is, what is your favourite colour? Well, no, um, I... Which, which uh, actually, for the listeners who haven't seen you yet, your, hair's your hair is blue. blue. Yellow. Yellow is your favourite colour. And you just Googled yellow jacket and bought the jacket you saw. And yeah. yellow wallpaper was I the mean, show. there's nothing that goes better with blue hair than a yellow jacket. Of yes. You know, the way that people stop you on the street and go, like, I'm so sorry, but this combination, I'm like, I know, babe. Like, and like, it's okay. Dalmatian, not leopard. Because I was like, oh, but you've got the leopard print yellow jacket. And Lindsay was like, uh, it's Dalmatian. Oh, I was you like, know your prince. You <laughs> know like, your prince. Know your animal prince. <laughs> Little Cruella here. No, I think I would always say blue, but blue is such a beautiful colour that like you can't, I feel like it's kind of cheating to choose it as your favourite. I mean, like, obviously my favourite colour is blue. My yeah. hair is blue. But like, <laughs> but then actually the colour that I'm most drawn to and I find the most exciting and like that you sort of play with is sort of yellow but it's like an okra sort of yellow Ooh. i learned that because i listened you know with um rosie hastings and hannah quillen yeah and when they sort of said the exact shade i was like oh that's good yeah, <laughs> really love good. them as well um yeah yellow makes me think of madness for some reason i think it always makes me think of van gogh like cutting off his ears madness the band or madness in general no, madness, like, as in, like, a state of madness, oh, okay. like a mental yeah, state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of him, like, cutting off his ear and the yellow sunflowers oh, and, yeah, like, yeah, yellow yeah, and yeah, yeah. the yellow room. I think, it is a, I think it is a really sort of crazy colour. And it's one that, like, I always remember on Trini and Susanna, they'd always be like, it's such a difficult colour to pull off. I can't, I can't wear yellow. <laughs> I don't think I could. You can't wear yellow. No, can't wear yellow. I don't it's think I could. It's such a difficult colour. You look fantastic myself. right now, but yeah, not yellow. But he's blue. wearing, like, a blue. Imagine you and yellow. Guy can wear yellow perfectly. Can you, Guy? He bought me which, a lot of yellow garments. Which makes sense, though, because he's really a vampire. Exactly. So that is madness. Why are you a werewolf? Why? Oh, well, actually, on my next show, yeah. <laughs> my next show is actually going to be like a combination of werewolfism and polycystic ovaries, which I actually have. But um, the idea with werewolfism, like when we were in lockdown, I felt so much that I had to contain things to keep him. Yeah. If that makes sense, like an absolute dreaded fear that something would erupt out. And that sort of thing of when I was watching you. <laughs> but like, As the werewolf. Being yeah, human, but right. like that idea of not being able to contain it and yeah. then turning into this sort of hideous creature where you have no control over it, to me is really like intrinsic with hormones and, you know, like with... 
female fertility and I mean maybe that's going to sound absolutely ridiculous Mm -hmm. but like the idea that if you have something like polycystic ovaries you are more hairy than other women so Mm. the next show I'm doing is a sort of fertility clinic about having electrolysis of because I have a beard Mm -hmm. and you know it's one of those things you notice on a train when the light hits the right way you've got a full goatee and a moustache and like so the thing that I want to do is to really like talk about this sort of problem that I don't know is really embarrassing for a lot of women body body politics yeah exactly like it's like you know like yeah Amazing. So, uh, <laughs> and where, where's that show going to be? Do you know? It's going to be at Cook and Latham. Oh, oh cool. great! Yeah, in and London. they they are yeah in London, and they are two of the nicest women I've ever met, and they make you feel so welcome. And I'm just I'm so excited. To be yeah, they have really good. Well, taste. people need to see your rock shows. series, which you did there, didn't you? Which is like a... well, that was an online show, so oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's... And they can still see that. Yeah, yeah. Which is and actually the, another place will be the show that Russell Tovey's curated, that Carl Friedman Gallery. What are you curating a show? What breakfast under the tree? Um, you're amazing. I have you uh, so a few things just quickly to say. Quotes that you've said oh, God, that you've no. said you're not a ceramicist. You're an artist. Oh God, which I love. Right? Well, I'm crap at ceramics quite often. It's just. No, it's, but I it's, like the fact that you stated that. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm not interested in glazes. I'm not interested in the perfection and like to be a ceramicist and like how much they go through in training and like they're just incredible and that's not what I do like I'm making sculptures and clay is the best medium for it Mm -hmm. so that's yes amazing there was a (laughs) a foot bath in the proud dick show which I'm obsessed with that's Uh, that's in a skip (laughs) no I want it oh that's annoying um but the bottom had completely fallen through oh okay yeah oh fair play and then you revel in the trivial I do though I think when I was trying to explain that, um, one of the things that I couldn't do when I was really ill was just to watch telly all day or to mindlessly wonder whether that person hated me or like just to mindlessly just sort of enjoy reading something like Twilight. Mm-hmm. And when I started taking antidepressants and I got my life back, those were the things that I realised I'd missed the most, like just being and not being played by stuff. So for me, I think all of those moments that people think are quite trivial are actually quite beautiful and we should we should actually feel quite lucky we're privileged to have them because I think that when you... People I know who have gone through illnesses and those are the times you miss the most, the moments when you just were carefree and just sat watching telly or just had a quick drink with a friend or something, like when it's taken away from you. And like it's happened to a lot of us right now that it's all been taken away from us, that... Mm we're all realising how much the trivial is the things that we miss the most. Yeah, yeah totally. One more thing. Do you write, once wrote a poem on Monet's lilies? Can you how re- the hell do you do know- <laughs> that? I think Russell's a stalker. Can you recite it for us now, please, before we go? <laughs> no, I can't. Do you remember it? No, like- oh my God. I love you so much. So funny. You're literally like... Is that the like- poem? Or- He's I a mean- super fan. This is like, I feel like I'm some sort of... I know. know I'm just about to wet myself with joy. No, oh. um, I actually, 
it was very embarrassing, but it was a lot about standing above on the bridge of Monet's. We had a... Oh, oh, why are you doing this to me? No. <laughs> I really wish I could, though. You've got... Oh I, we need it. That, is that, amazing. that was amazing. Yeah, actually, I've got the lyrics. On that poetic ending, yes. we would like to thank you, Lindsay Mendick. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Oliver. For being a guest on Talk In the background. <laughs> and... Um, Everyone, come down to Margate uh, this winter and see Russell's curated group show, which includes some major new pieces by Lindsay Mendick. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and we'll be back yeah, very soon. Yeah, we're all images. Look on our Instagram, and your Instagram is at Lindsay Mendick. Yeah, I'm the only one. Yeah, and what's your we website go. as well? Lindsay Mendick. <laughs> Lindsay Mendick. <laughs> Lindsay yeah. And how long is the CCA show on for? Oh, December. it's still December. December, yeah. So hopefully this will come out in time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, we'll be back very soon. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you. This Lots is Lots of love. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode. With music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.